Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. Last week, I I started talking about uh, the holy man. And uh, I really felt that in my spirit, and I I feel like it is going to be a continuation of that. There is going to be a continuation of that idea and that topic. Um, And I began preparing for that this week, uh, talking about the holy man and what what the holy man is and what he looks like. Um, But as I was preparing, I just felt this urgency inside of me to talk about rest this morning. Um, and I, did, I couldn't explain it, and, uh, but I just felt this urgency to talk about rest. Um, and so you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about and why I feel that way here in a moment. Uh, but before you do, I, w- I want to I share with you that me personally, I've always been a person that's had a really difficult time just sitting still. So I, I've, I've always just been kind of antsy and, and, uh, and, and not that I, like, I'm the kind of person that can't sit still and has to constantly have a project working. I mean, like, I constantly want to be doing something to have fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you have those people who, like, can't sit still because they have to have a project. That's not me. I don't necessarily love projects. I just love having fun, right? So I want to go do something fun. Um, if, it, if all of you, any of you Enneagram people out there, I'm a seven, if that helps you out a little bit. So that... I just constantly want to be doing something fun. <laughs> so that's just me. And so uh, uh, back in, it was a 2017, I believe. Uh, the winter of 2017. Who remembers the winter of 2017? It felt like it was never going to end. We just were getting constant snowfall and just inches and inches of snow. And at that point in time, I worked construction with my buddy Nick, whose mom and dad, or well, mother and father-in-law, mom and dad, we'll just say that, who are here this morning with us. Uh, But Nick, one of my best friends and was also my construction, uh, my my business partner in construction, uh, we we were working most of the time in Indianapolis. And so with all of this snowfall, we just, we couldn't get there. Um, there, the roads were just too bad and that, that lasted for weeks. It would seem like we'd finally get it cleared and we'd be able to get to work. And then all of a sudden snow would come again. And I think, man, didn't it snow like in see January, February, like even into April a little bit, I think it was just the longest winter ever. And by the time we were getting in March and April, being stuck at home, not able to work, not able to really go many places. I was going insane. Literally go ahead and show the picture. This is me. So I don't know if you could see it very well, but I'm, I'm sitting on the couch with my knees, with my head in the, in the sofa. And I'm literally just, just at a loss because there's nothing to do. And I'm just bored out of my stinking mind. <laughs> and I was going insane, right? So as you can see, I don't rest very well. I don't, I can't, I'm, I've, I, I don't, I don't settle very well. I will say that as I'm a, I'm getting older and I guess in Amber's words, approaching middle-aged apparently, <laughs> I am starting to enjoy being at home more. Like today, this afternoon, I'm going to enjoy sitting at home, watching some football all evening, right? Uh, and so that's going to be nice. But, but I've always been a person that struggled with just being able to sit down and rest, to be able to plug, just turn everything off, turn my mind off, turn all of the things going on at church or at work or at wherever, and just be able to rest. So I, I feel like the Lord has, the, the, has uh, placed such an urgency in me this week to talk about rest, because I feel like spiritually that many of us are the way I was in that picture right now. We're anxious we're restless. We feel like there's so much that needs to be done, but we're unable to do it. And there's just this restlessness kind of inside of us. And, um, and there's lots of things I feel like that, that is causing that. There's a lot of personal things maybe you're dealing with that's causing that. Maybe it's family issues. Maybe um, it's, it's issues with work or finances. Um, I really think a lot of it, and honestly, I feel like the urgency to talk about it this morning is the restlessness is coming from even the political realm and things that are happening in our country right now. And so um, I just feel like there's this restlessness on the inside of us. And, and so that's what I really want to talk about with you this morning is this, this restlessness. I believe God is calling us into a place of rest. Now, let me be very clear about this. 
coming into a place of rest is not coming into a place of inactivity. It's not doing nothing, okay? So there's a major difference between resting and, uh, and, and just being lazy and slothful and not doing anything. There's a major difference. In fact, I believe that you are more productive when you are at rest than you are when you're in anxiety and fear and panic and all of those things. Because when you're coming from a place of rest, you're able to handle things with confidence instead of with turmoil and fear. So, so it's not inactivity. It's actually, uh, it's actually, I believe you are more productive when you're at rest than you are when, uh, when you're in fear and anxiety and, and everything inside of you is just in chaos. And so um, I believe we're supposed to be entering into this place of rest. Uh, there's a man um, named Bob Jones. Bob Jones, uh, he's, he's actually, I think maybe five or six years ago has passed away and uh, is in heaven now. But Bob Jones, I wish I would have known about Bob Jones before he passed away, because I would have loved to see him in person and to hear him speak. But Bob Jones was a prophet that lived, uh, again, he just passed away maybe five or six years ago. And he was, uh, he was, to listen to Bob Jones speak, a lot of times you would, you, it was hard to understand him, because he was one of those guys that was like, like, uh, you heard, you've heard the expression, like, you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. I think that expression is a lie. Absolutely. I don't think you can be so heavenly minded that you can't. In fact, I think it's the opposite. The more heavenly minded you are, the more earthly good you are. But, but when I think of Bob Jones, I kind of think of that expression a little bit because he talks so above everybody. Like, you know, like the tongues of angels that talks about in the Bible. He like talked in the tongues of angels, I feel like sometimes. But he was, he was so just wrapped up in the heavenly realm and in, in, in the kingdom realm and, and, and beyond the veil, that he, he was just uh, this incredible man of God. Anyways, before he had died, it was several years ago, I don't know the exact year it was, the Lord had given him a hundred year prophecy. And so what that looked like was from 1950 to 2050, the Lord had given him what each decade would look like for a hundred years. And so I, I'm not going to go through each decade, but I want to tell you uh, what he said about uh, the 2020s. So uh, Bob Jones said this. He said, the 2020s will reveal the rest of God to where the body will come into a place of resting in God, where God will rest in us. And in this rest, the enemy will not be able to do warfare because we are resting in God and he is resting in us. And he will accomplish the things he means to do in a people that is at rest. He has always wanted a people that will come into his rest. There has never been one, but, but rest is on the way. So he believed that in the 2020s, that we were going to come into a place of resting in God. And not only that, God resting in us. What does that sound like, Harmony? God resting in us and us resting in him. It sounds like perichoresis, doesn't it? Sounds like us dwelling in God and God dwelling in us and moving into this place of rest. And, um, and so, and, and I love the way he explains it this way, that when we are at complete rest in him, that the enemy can't do warfare he can't do warfare because we are at rest inside of him, which means the enemy can't come and cause anxiety, fear, and panic in you because you are already at rest in him. That he doesn't even have a voice in you because you are too busy resting inside of God. That is where I believe the Lord is, is drawing us and calling us to be, is to be at such rest in him that the enemy doesn't even have a chance to come in and to cause, cause uh, chaos inside of us. I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit, but that's okay. Psalms 23, there's a chapter or verse in Psalms 23 in the Passion Translation that says um, that, says that um, I cannot, something along the lines of, I can't be conquered because you have already conquered me. That when we are already conquered by him, that the enemy can't come in and conquer us because we are already a conquered people. Amen? So uh, yeah, we're going to get more in depth on that idea here in just a little bit. But this is what I believe the Lord is saying, that we are to come into rest. I opened my Bible earlier this week to Ephesians chapter 3. 
verse 14. I'm going to read that to you uh, right now. It says, so I kneel humbly in awe before the father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. So I'm going to stop right there. This, this is what I'm about to go through now. So, so I believe we're supposed to enter into rest. The question then is, how do we enter into rest? How do we actually step into that place of resting in God and God resting in us? It sounds awesome, but practically, what does that look like? How do we get there? How do we get to a place of rest in God? And so Ephesians 3, I believe, has the ingredients and the, the instructions for how to do that. And it starts right here in verse 14, where it says, it tells us to kneel humbly before the Father, kneel humbly in awe before the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. So step one goes back to what our word was in 2020. The first step is to kneel in awe before the Father. That we have to actually come into a place, church, you've heard me say it a thousand times, a place of wonder and awe and fascination with the Father in heaven, right? We have to, are you guys awake this morning? I, 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 want, I need some feedback. We have to come to a place of awe and wonder where we are fascinated with him and him alone. Here's my fear. My fear and what happens a lot of times, I'm guilty of it as well, is that instead of being in awe and wonder and in fascination with him, we become in awe and wonder and in fascination with all of the issues that are happening around us. All of the problems that are happening, we stand in front of those things. We sometimes kneel in front of those things and we are fascinated with our problems. We are fascinated with our issues. And we, we say things like, I have no idea how we're going to overcome this. I have no idea how we're going to overcome these issues in our marriage. Like it seems absolutely impossible. And we're in awe of our issues. Or I have no idea how I'm going to get out of this financial bondage that I've thrown myself into. How am I going to do it? We become in awe of our problems. And because of that, we cannot get into a place where we are in awe before him. Or right now, th listen, this is a big one right now. I think a lot of us have fallen into fascination with our political problems here in the United States. We've become so drowned in what's happening in our country right now that we have become fascinated with all of the issues. And I don't mean we, when I say fascinating, I don't mean we like it. I mean, we are so drawn into all of the problems, all of the, the lying, the cheating, the, 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 the uh, policy problems, the, the craziness of coming out of the White House. We're so fascinated with it that we've become almost obsessed with it to the place where we no longer see the solution as being Jesus, but the solution as being the right political party ruling the country. Did you hear what I just said? The solution in our minds has become Donald Trump being our president and not the king of kings sitting on the throne ruling from heaven into our country. We've forgotten that the earth is not groaning for the right political party to be in office. The earth is groaning for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. And we've so focused on our political issues that we've completely missed what this world needs right now. And it's not a president wearing a red tie, although that would be helpful. <laughs> but what the world needs is to experience and encounter Jesus in such a way that it doesn't change their political minds, but it changes their heart. It changes their inner man. It changes their motivation. It changes the way they see the world. And through that, then we will begin to experience a country that is ruled by righteousness. Where the people, where it says in Psalms, where when the righteous rule, or it's Proverbs, when the righteous rule, then the people rejoice. But the way to that, the process to get there is not through a man. It's through him. It's, it is through a man, but it's the man Jesus. It's the man, Jesus. I, I, and listen, I'll, I'll, I'll say this out, out, out front. Um, I, do, I, do, I, do, I do believe that 
that with the with the different policy issues and all of those things and and uh, the political arena, you know, I do I do wish that all of that could change and that the right person with the right policies would be in office. So so don't hear me. I'm not saying like I think you should just vote for whoever. It doesn't matter. Like that's not what I'm saying. And I'm also not going to stand up here and, and, and condemn and do all of those things. So let me just get all of that out of the way. But I, I do believe this. One, I believe God works everything for the good of those who love Christ Jesus, right? I believe one of the good things, if you can pull any good thing about what's happening right now in the political world, is that, that no man will be able to, no one will be able to say that it was because of a man that this country was changed. That it wasn't because Donald Trump was in office that the world experienced revival. But that because of the sons and daughters of God finally took their place, finally became the manifestation of Jesus on this earth, that because God intervened, that our nation experienced revival and came into a place of righteousness and holiness. Let me ask you this, and I don't, I'm, I have my own opinion on what's going on, and, and I believe there's so much happening behind the scenes, and Amber and I's prayer this entire time that truth would be revealed, that there's going to be this moment where it all breaks loose, that any lie, any, and, and not, not, just, not just, I'm not even talking about just the election. I'm talking about, uh, man, I did not plan on getting this. I'm going to get tarred and feathered after this. That's okay. Um, I'm not even talking about the election. I'm talking about across the board that any lie, whether it be from a, the Democratic side or the Republican side, all of it will be exposed. Yes. All of it will be exposed. Amen. Yes. I believe that's going to happen still. I still believe that's going to happen and it's, it's going to completely shift that climate in our, in our nation. But let me say this in, in, in the middle of all of that. What would happen if we began praying for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, that they would have such an encounter with Jesus that, that they would completely shift who they are inside. And they, they would become so fascinated with Jesus and then get saved while in the White House right now. We couldn't, we, couldn't, we couldn't give credit to any man for that, but to Jesus himself. I think, that's, I think that's a big part of our restlessness is what's going on in the political realm. I think we've become so fascinated with the problems that we've taken our eyes off of the one we're supposed to be fascinated with. And we become fascinated with these issues and it's caused restlessness. It's caused panic because the reality is other than prayer, other than maybe writing our congressmen and doing those sorts of things, we are helpless. But the reality is we're not helpless because we just have to shift our way of thinking to being the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Amen. So I think a lot of our restlessness is, is involved because our fascination, our awe, what we are standing in awe and wonder of is in the wrong things. And when it's in the wrong things, I think that causes restlessness, anxiety, fear, panic, all of those things. But when we kneel humbly in awe before the Father, when we are staring in the face of the one who has all authority and power, all of a sudden, rest comes in our being when we become fascinated with him. Amen. Goes on in verse 16. It says, and I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. So when we kneel before him in awe and we become fascinated with Jesus, then what happens is, is 
and I love this, this word, it says that he would unveils within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor. That until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. I love that the word that, that the Passion Translation uses here is the word unveil, which means that he doesn't just give it to you, but it's already in you and he just unveils it inside of you. He just unveils it. Ephesians 1, a couple chapters before this one, it says that every blessing in the spiritual place, every gift, every heavenly blessing is already yours. And what this chapter is saying is that he comes along when you are in awe and wonder and fascination before him, that he comes in and he unveils what he's already placed inside of you, which is glory and supernatural power and strength and might and ability. So the first step is to be in awe before him. And the second thing that happens when you are in awe before him is he unveils supernatural strength and power and his divine might and explosive power inside of you. Amen. It's already there. It's already, listen, he's already given you everything that you need to succeed. Every spiritual blessing is already yours. It's already inside of you. Just some of us, the veil, come on, the veil is still shut and he has to open up that veil so you can actually see what's already inside of you. But to do that, we have to get our eyes off the issues and our eyes on him and become fascinated with who he is. Amen. Then it goes on verse 17. It says, then by constantly using your faith, here we go. The life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Let me read it again. By constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And the resting place of his love, the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. That when we humbly come before him, when we kneel in awe before him, he unveils what's already inside of us. But then it says that we come into this place of rest where? In his love. The place of rest in his love. And then it says that it becomes the very source and root of our life. How do we enter into the place of rest? Where the better question is, where is the place of rest? Where is the place of rest? It says right here, the place of rest is in his love. When we begin to realize the reckless love, the relentless love God has for us, it becomes the place, it becomes uh, the um the resting place inside of us, it becomes the very source and root of our life. It becomes the source, which means our source is not everything's going right in the country. Our source is not our, our personal life, our marriage, our, our finances. Everything is perfectly in line. Everything's in order. Everything's going as, that sh as it should. Our source is not those things, but our source is I am my beloved's and he is mine. Our source is I am uncon unconditionally loved and accepted by the father. That when I hear his voice, his voice is crying out, you are my beloved. You are the one that I love. Not when you get all your mess cleaned up, but right now, right where you are with all of your junk, with all of your problems, right now, you are the one that I love. And when we come into that place, that revelation, then I believe we come into a place and a state of rest. Because if we are loved by him that much, then nothing else can move us. Nothing else can shake us. Nothing can cause fear and panic and anxiety in us when we move into that place of love and of rest in him. It says in verse uh, 18, then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. 
the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. I love, man, I love that. That uh, you'll be the power and power to discover what every holy one experiences. You know, you, you've heard us talk before about experiencing the love of God or experience, encountering the presence of God. This is what I'm talking about right here. That, that when we come into that place of revelation of his love, then we experience and have that encounter. That the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all of us, in all of its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. That's the encounter I'm talking about. When the love of God so fills you up that you are so overflowing that nothing else, just, just imagine a cup overflowing with water. You can't fit anything else in that cup because it's already overflowing. It's, this, is, this is what rest looks like, that you are so overflowing with the goodness and the love of Heavenly Father that nothing else is able to come inside because it is already full to the max. Then it says in verse 20, it says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most, unbe or your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. That when you come into that place of rest in his love, that then he begins exceeding all expectations. He begins exceeding your wildest imaginations, the best circumstance, the best possible scenario that you can imagine. He exceeds all of it when you come into that place of resting in his love. He exceeds all of it when you come into that place of resting in his love. I want to say this too, it, and when, when I'm talking about coming into this place of resting in his love and coming into this place of rest, it's more than the rhetoric that, yes, God is in control, right? Like we know, we, we all hear it said, yes, God is in control, but it goes so much deeper than that. It goes so much deeper than saying all the right things. It's intimacy. It's time spent lost inside of him. It's trusting him. It's changing the way you even look at the Bible and prayer. That, that, that you go here, when I'm saying here, I, when you go to the word, not to find and learn how to live a moral life or somehow earn favor with the father by reading it. It's that we come to the word and prayer because the words of the one that's, that loves us gives us life. I don't feel like I communicated that very well. I, I, feel like, I feel like it's easy to say, I'm gonna come into a place of rest because I know God is in control. Does that make sense? I, I feel like it's easy to say that, and that's the common Christian rhetoric. It's common Christian jargon to say, I know everything's going crazy right now, but God's in control. Like it's easy to say that, and I hear that a lot, but, but it's easy to say that, but it's actually, it's actually so much more to be able to actually come into the place of rest. To actually feel the words that you're saying. Like, like yes, God is in control, we know that, but on the inside, do we really experience that kind of rest inside of us? And I, and I believe it's more than just saying the rhetoric. It's actually coming into the place of rest. I mean, and that, what that looks like on the practical level is time spent on your knees in awe before the Father. It's coming into that place of intimacy and rest. And, and I, think, I think a lot of times we can't figure out why we're not experiencing rest, but it's because we have not done the, the discipline of kneeling before him and being in awe and wonder. Really, what I'm talking about is coming back into the garden. You remember back a long, a while ago, 
we did, a, we did a series on prayer talking about the garden. I believe that to enter into rest, we have to enter into the garden. And I think the reason why many of us aren't finding rest is because we're not entering into that place where it's communion with you and him. And there's that intimacy and there's that longing to be together. And I think until we reach that state that we'll still be in restlessness and anxiety, even if the right words are coming out, that we have to find the place of rest in his love. And I believe that place is found in the garden, the place of prayer, the place of intimacy. Amen. I want to read one more scripture to you. And then I feel like we're supposed to take a minute and just pray. I want to read Psalms 23 out of the Passion Translation to you. Psalms 23, it says, The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He, tra- he, or he takes, I'm sorry, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of his bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. There, there it is exactly what I'm saying. That his tracks, his, his, uh, his path takes me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's, that's a picture of the garden. That he's actually leading us into the garden, the place of prayer. And that is where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the pathways to God's pleasure. He leads me along his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. Fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I I love that there. Your authority is my strength and peace. That that when you are in that place of resting in his love and, and looking in awe and wonder of the Father, you realize that there is no authority on earth that trumps his authority. That there is no authority on earth that trumps his authority. And that causes you to to sense this place of rest because you realize he has more authority than anything else. That his throne is above every name that is named, above every principality and power. Amen? Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursues me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through... I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. The place of rest is in his love. The place of rest is in his love. The place of rest is in his love. I want to take just a moment this morning. Paul, if you'd go ahead and come up. I want to ask you a question. And then I want to pray. My my question is this. What is causing restlessness inside of you? What is causing anxiety and fear inside of you? What what is making you anxious? I want you just to take a minute and go ahead and, and just close your eyes and think about right now, what is causing restlessness inside of you? Just allow the Holy Spirit to expose whatever that is.
here's the deal with restlessness. Whatever that is that, that, that the Lord is exposing that's causing you to be restless. Here's some practical instruction that I believe is from the Lord. Sometimes you have to take your eyes off of certain things that cause restlessness. You have to take a break from those things so you can get your eyes set back on him. So practically what I think that looks like, if it's, if it's what's happening in the political realm right now, what's happening uh, in, the, in the world right now um, that's causing restlessness inside of you, then I, I just encourage you, turn off the news for a season. Turn off Facebook and social media. Dear Lord, please turn off social media for a while. Separate yourself from what causes restlessness so that you can get your eyes focused once again on Jesus. So you can get your eyes focused once again in awe and wonder and become fascinated with him again. I promise all of that will still be there once you get your eyes focused again. Sometimes you, you got to separate yourself and there, there may be situations that you can't necessarily separate yourself from. And that, that's okay too. That, that just re requires you once again to step away from that stuff and to step into the secret place and get your eyes focused on him once again. I think, I think it's important though that we begin to separate ourselves from what is causing restlessness for a while, for a season so we can, we can gain our eyesight back, so we can get our focus back on where it's supposed to be. Go ahead and just stay seated where you're at. But I want you, if, if, there, if there is something inside of you that is causing you to be restless, I want you to just keep your eyes closed and just lift both hands in the air. And I just wanna pray over you this morning. Jesus, God, I just pray this morning that any form of restlessness, any form of anxiety and fear, God, we be, would be dealt with this morning in each person this, that's here this morning. God, I pray that, that right now in this moment, God, you'd begin to shift where our eyes are. God, that you'd begin to shift what our focus is. God, that our fascination would be just broken off of those things that are causing us restlessness. God, and that our, our fascination would be back on the life giver, the source of our life, the love of the Father. God, I pray right now that you would release the revelation of your love to each person in here this morning, each person watching on, on live this morning. Father, I pray that you would just release the revelation of your love for us this morning. God, that right where they're at, Lord, before anything is fixed, God, that you would just, uh, that you would uh, uh, just pour out the manifestation of your love on each heart this morning. God, I pray that we would become people who are at rest, not people who are inactive, but people who are at rest inside of you. And out of that rest, out of that confidence and trust of who you are, out of that stillness inside of us, then we will begin to manifest the sons and daughters of God to this world that we will be able to answer the cry of the groaning of this world for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. But it will come not from a place of turmoil, not from a place of anxiousness, not from a place of even trying to make something happen, but from a place of complete stillness and rest, trusting in you, Father. God, I pray you would release rest to each heart here this morning. Release rest to each heart here this morning in Jesus' name.
I think even our posture right now is, is significant, that we're in a seated position. I think many of us have, have uh, in our spirits, have been pacing back and forth. We've been, we've been uh, frantically just pacing back and forth. And, and that's, that's just that, again, that spirit of restlessness. But I think this morning is significant that during this ministry time that we're not standing, we're, we're not even coming forward to an altar, but we're seated. That we're seated this morning. Ephesians 1 uh, it says that he is seated above all principality, power, might, and dominion. But then in Ephesians 2, it says that we are seated with him. That, that, that his authority is so, so strong that he is seated and that we are seated with him. And I believe it's significant this morning. I think even uh, what we're doing is prophesying this morning to our own spirits that we are coming into a seated position. Again, it's not a place of inactivity but it's a place of rest. It's a place of confidence. So some of, some of you whose, whose spirits are just pacing back and forth, I think the Lord this morning is, is causing your, your spirit to be seated with him in heavenly places, in that place of rest. Thank you, Lord. I think you're even, I believe we're even gonna begin feeling that physically right now and mentally that that exhaustion that we've felt from pacing back and forth, that we're gonna, that, that right now, the, that, that sigh, it's almost like a sigh of relief as our spirit just sits down and begins to rest. I think even, even our coming into a place of rest isn't just for ourselves, but it's even for the world around us. That, you know, the world is, is just chaotic right now. And everybody, every person is, is just, is, is experiencing that, that chaos. I know, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody you talk to between the pandemic, between uh, the political stuff and, and just everything going on, there's just, everybody's restless. I, I think that by us coming into the place of rest, we're gonna become the example to a world around us. What it looks like to be at rest. That, that by them watching us, it's going to settle something down in their spirit that by them seeing us at rest, it's going to cause them to become into this place of rest.
feel like this is how we're supposed to end this morning. I want to tell you a story, little story. I've shared it before. Uh, I forget the gentleman's name right now, but it's the, the gentleman who wrote the song in the garden. That song uh, was written while he was uh, developing photos. So he was a photographer. The gentleman who wrote that song was a photographer and, and uh, he would often spend his time in, the, in a dark room developing photos. And one, uh, one day while he was in the room developing photos, he, he often went in between while he was waiting for the photos to develop, he would sit in the corner and get a little light and read his Bible. And in that, that day, he happened to be reading the story where uh, Jesus had just been raised from the dead and Mary comes into the garden tomb and sees that his body is gone, is not there. And then she looks over and sees this man standing there who she believed was the gardener. She realized after he began speaking that it was actually Jesus there with her. And she, of course, begins to worship him. And he said that as, as he was reading that, he closed his eyes and he, he began just imagining the feeling, imagining the, uh, the joy that Mary was feeling in that moment. And, and he began closing his eyes, he closed his eyes and, and just, began, just began imagining that. And all of a sudden he, he began feeling those emotions and those joys that Mary would have been feeling in that moment. And it says that he, he, he sat there for, for a long time. And when he finally opened his eyes, he said, he said all of his muscles were just, were all tight. And, and uh, his, he was gripping his Bible and he was, he was sweating because the, the experience was so intense of just the love he was feeling from the father and the joy he was feeling in that moment. And he, he said to himself this, he said, he said, we, the, the experience that we think we're going to have in heaven walking with Jesus, that's available to us right now. You know, oftentimes we sing that song in the garden at funerals and we imagine our loved one walking with Jesus in the garden. But the reality is that song was not written about somebody who had passed away and was walking with Jesus finally in heaven. But the song was actually written to, for us today who are alive and well on this earth, walking with Jesus in the garden. And I believe that garden, when we find that place of walking with Jesus in the garden, I believe that's when we come into a place of rest. And so what I feel like we're to do this morning, how we're gonna end this service is we're gonna sing that hymn in the garden. And as we do that, again, just go ahead and stay seated where you're at. Just close your eyes and do just as the writer of the song did and imagine yourself walking with Jesus in the garden.
change the world, amen? But we're gonna do it from a place of rest and confidence and trust in him, amen. Jesus, thank you for your presence here today. God, I thank you for rest. I thank you for rest that is uh, that you give to us. And I believe we're gonna walk in that rest. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We love you all. Thank you for being here. Uh, we are gonna go to tear down chairs and everything else. Um, we'll see you all next week. Thank you.